0: This is, I think, a really fitting question for this time of year, when we are looking at the end of 2022, and we're looking ahead to the 2023, and uh, people make New Year's resolutions, right? Anyone have a, anyone going to be making New Year's resolutions? Do you, do you have one, Tony?
1: I do. Actually, um, every year for the past one year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. To, okay. Okay. Me, okay. We're committing. We're starting. We're... We
0: there you go. We have
1: not only start, but, have through, but every year, um, write a goals list.
0: That's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing to do. A a goals A, goals list. a goals, goals list. Yeah. Next year? Yeah. Yeah. Revelation. You have Revelation? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Tell us, a <laughs> no, legend. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. My new year's
1: resolution, every year for my entire life, has always been,
0: That's a good starting resolution. New Year's resolution is to think of New Year's resolutions. I like that. All right. A lot of a resolution that uh, people often uh, do is um, reading the Bible more. Have you ever thought about that? The New Year? Okay, I need to read, read the Bible more. Oftentimes we'll do it and we uh, get to the book of Leviticus and then we give up. Um, so, there are a couple of questions that were submitted that are along that line. I thought, well, since it's the end of the year, and, and hopefully we're, we're, we're all seeking to grow in our uh, time of the word, it seems like a good time to answer these questions. And here are the questions, there's two, uh, here's the main one, um, how do I develop a desire to study my Bible? And then another question submitted along the same lines is, is, what are some good passages to start reading? In the Bible, obviously these are connected. And so I thought, you know, let's talk about how can I read my Bible more? How do I develop that desire to read the Bible? How do I go about it? How do I start? What are some tips? What are some practical suggestions for reading the Bible consistently and in a way that you actually enjoy reading the Bible? I think that's the goal. You should be able to enjoy it. Um, And so tonight I want to talk about those things, uh, talk about the importance of it. I'll give you some of my suggestions, uninspired, unauthoritative suggestions for reading the Bible um, and hopefully, as we look ahead to 2023, um, it'll be a time of, of rich enjoyment in the Word of God. But I want to start off doing something that's going uh, to a little convicting, okay? Maybe not. It, it, it's convicting for me, okay? This is a form just for you, okay? You're not turning this in. You're not showing your neighbor, no okay? Neighbor. I will pass this out, and then I'll explain it, okay? So this isn't for you to share... This isn't for you to turn in. No, do not share it. I can't show my parents this? <laughs> you can show your parents if you want to. That's okay. okay. Absolutely. So, you'll see there two kind of thermometers. All right? The first, the first thermometer, there's a question that says, out since last Wednesday, so the last seven days, how many days out of the week... Aside from, like, Bible class or something like that, did you have private, personal time reading the Bible? Okay? So fill up that, uh, that bar um, up to that number of days. Does that make sense? So if it's zero, it, the question is written out on the sheet. <laughs> so if, the question, if, if you're like, well, I didn't read my Bible at all this past week, so, you, you know, you don't fill it in. One day, you fill it to the one day mark, etc., all the way up. Okay. Yes, sir. How read half a day? Did I have that on there? No, that's at the bottom. That's the, that's that's the second part. No, you have one fifth a day. One. It's just you know it's just the design. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first one, and then the second one is this. Um, on the days that you read your Bible, on average, how long did you spend? 0 to 5 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes, 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 25 to, 20 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 or more, all right? And you can mark, make a mark next to that line, or you can fill it in, whatever you want to do, okay? And then down at the bottom, you're calculating your total minutes this past week that you spent reading your Bible. The way you do that is you multiply. I know, it's Christmas yeah. break. Why are we doing math? Um Number of days times number of minutes. Multiply that out and uh, put the total there. Okay? This is for your eyes only. This isn't something that uh, that we're turning in. Um, this is just something for you to, to look at and consider. Um, and I will say, if I were to fill that out, I made it so I don't have to fill it out. This is how it goes. But if I were to fill it out, um, those lines would not be as high as I need them to be. Um, and, and this, is, this topic is actually something that I continually revisit, um, even in the past uh, years of having kids and, the, and adjusting to the business of having kids, and, and oftentimes that busyness crowding out my time within the Word and, and needing to readjust. And so I say this not, not from any place of, of superiority or having figured it out, because my, my sheet would not look very impressive if I were to, to fill it out um, for over the past seven days, and I don't want this also to be some type of legalistic standard that we're meeting. Like if both of those bars aren't all the way full, then you're somehow not serving the Lord or pleasing God. That's not what this is for. That's not what it's saying. Um, you can be honoring the Lord and not read the Bible every day out of the week. It is possible. But the thing that this chart, I hope, will, will show you, if it's, if it's low, if, if everything's really low or if it's empty, is for you to pause and consider... Is that, is that great? Is that great? We, we, you know, we're, we're Christians. We're, we're followers of Christ. We say that the Word of God is, is our very life. It's our guidance. It's, it's what gives us hope. It's what gives us peace. It's what gives us joy. And if that, all that is true, and we look back at the seven days, and we, maybe we didn't even crack open our Bible once. That's at least something that should cause us to stop and be like, hmm, Hmm, that's interesting. You know, what is, what is your Bible diet? And if I wanted to get really convicting, okay, what if we changed this sheet to say, what's your um, video game diet? What's your fill-in-the-blank YouTube watching diet? What's your social media diet? Would those charts be filled in all the way? Probably would they be like busting off the top? Well, not hopefully not the seven days of a week thing. Because if, if, you know, if you're playing video games eight days out of the week, you have a serious problem. All right. Um, you know, we, we look at so many things in our lives and we don't realize how much time those things take up. And then we never stop to consider, oh, wow, I didn't even like look at my Bible this past week. Okay? If that's the case, let's not let that just slide. Let's not just move on from that and think, okay, well, no big deal. Everything's, everything will be fine. No, that's, that's not okay. We need, to, we need to be in the Word. So how do we des- develop a desire for reading the Bible? Because that's really the core of it. We don't read it because, if we're honest, we don't desire it. If we desired it, of course we would do it. Why do we do anything else we enjoy? Because we desire it. Because we like it because it's fun it's enjoyable if we desired the bible we'd be making time for it we'd be looking ahead to it we'd be we'd be trying to to clear our schedule to make it happen so how do we develop that desire and then we'll end with the second question is what are some good passages so we'll talk about some practical tips especially starting this new year how do i read my bible more and the first thing i want to look at is this we need to realize what we are missing. If we're not in Scripture, we need to realize what I'm missing when I'm not in Scripture. It's really easy for us to just kind of go through our week, go through our day, not even considering Scripture, and then think, I'm not missing anything. I'm fine. In fact, I had a great day. I had fun. There's no difference that I can see. Um, But we need to realize what we're missing. And here's a couple things about the Word of God that we need to realize. Number one, did you know that God designed you to be dependent on his word, to be dependent on the Bible. In fact, the Bible says that we are incomplete and unequipped without the Bible. Here's some passages to back that up. Matthew four four. This is Jesus, and you want, what's Jesus doing in Matthew four? Does anyone know what's going on in Jesus' life in Matthew four four when he's quoting this verse? No, not yet, Andrew. Mm-hmm. This is when he's being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Yeah, So he's been fasting 40 days. He hasn't had food or water for 40 days. And Satan comes and tempts him. And he says, command these stones to be made bread. And it's at that point that Jesus quotes the book of Deuteronomy, I believe. Um, and says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Saying mankind is dependent on the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable, it's helpful, it's beneficial for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be, what? Complete. Equipped for every good work. So what does that imply? If I'm not in the Word of God, if I'm not in Scripture, I'm not complete, I'm what? Incomplete. If I'm not in scripture, I'm not equipped, I'm unequipped. I don't have the, the truth I need. I don't have the resources I need to, to fight against the, the temptations of the devil, temptations of my own flesh, false teachings of the world. God designed me to be dependent on the Bible. And what a dangerous lie it is to tell ourselves I'm fine without it. I'm fine. Maybe you even say, you know, I can't even, can't even remember the last time I personally, privately spent more than 10 minutes reading the Bible. And I'm fine. I'm okay. No big deal. If you were here on Sunday, remember we talked about the danger of self-deception? That it's so easy to convince yourself that everything's fine. I'm fine without it. Don't deceive yourself this way. If you are not in the Word, you're incomplete and unequipped. But the great news is, Second Timothy 3:16 and 17 says, We've, "We have all we need. We have it right here. With God's word here in His spirit, we can be complete. We can be equipped. He's not withheld anything from us that we need to be complete. We are dependent on His word. And then the next thing we want to realize is, God's word is designed to keep you going. In life. Did you know that? God's word is designed to keep you going in life. Look at Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Now, when it says, whatever's written in former days, it's talking about like the Old Testament, right? The story of Israel, the story of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all these Old Testament stories. Um, says Basically, so scripture, right? Scripture was written for our instruction. Well, Why? instruction for what purpose it tells us that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope what does the bible give us endurance encouragement and hope did you know that that even you know unsaved secular scientists will tell you that the one thing that makes human beings distinct from the rest of of living things is that human beings have a need for purpose and meaning in order to live that that those that actually have no purpose or meaning in life are, are are not going to they're not going to endure and so and so this this is ingrained in human nature that we need something to live for what is the scripture designed to give you It's designed to give you endurance. What's endurance? Endurance is the ability to keep going. Think of a runner in a race. Endurance is the ability to push forward, even when you're weak, even when you're tired. The scriptures give you endurance through its instruction. It gives you encouragement. While you're enduring, while you're going through such difficult times in your life, scripture keeps you joyful in Christ while you're enduring. And then it also gives you hope. Through the Scripture, you might have hope, so it keeps you confident. What's the opposite of these three? What's the opposite of endurance and encouragement and hope? Maybe you could say they're weariness, discouragement, and hopelessness. And if you're like, well, I, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of me right now. It's kind of me right now. Weary, discouraged, honestly feeling a little hopeless. Did you know that the Scripture was designed? To keep you going. To remind you of who God is. To remind you of what his purpose for you is. To remind you of what his plan is. To show you his character. And most importantly to show you the gospel. That gives endurance, encouragement, and hope. And then the third thing that we want to realize that we're missing when we're not in the word of God. Is that the word of God actually is designed to help you discern your own heart. We looked at this again on Sunday. That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's hard for us to discern our own hearts. It's hard for us to discern the hearts of other people. But you know what the Bible does? The Bible discerns your heart for you. Hebrews 4, verse 12. We're actually going to be looking at this passage on Sunday in our Hebrews series. For the word of God is living and active. Actually, not this Sunday. Christmas. The following Sunday, we'll look at this passage. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God pierces through and discerns our own thoughts and our own intentions. That's why James in James 1 describes it like a mirror. James one through 22-25 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The word of God is designed to help discern your own heart. And if we get this, if we see what we're missing when we're not in the Word of God, that, that we're dependent on it, that it's designed to keep us going through encouragement and endurance and hope. The Word of God is designed to discern your own heart, to show you where you're wrong, show you how to make things right, show you how to, to follow Christ. If we see all these things, I think our heart attitude towards Scripture will be what we read in Jeremiah 15, 16, where Jeremiah says, "...your words were found..." And I ate them. And and your words became to me the joy and delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. You know, if you're not reading the Bible regularly for yourself, you're missing out on probably the most important part of your life. If we truly see how important and needed it is, how enjoyable and refreshing it is, how encouraging and convicting it is then we will make sure that it's part of our normal lives. And if you are into New Year's resolutions, there's no better one to commit to than reading more of your Bible. But in order to do that, you have to set yourself up for success. Because I'm sure I'm talking to a lot of folks here that hear everything I just said, and you're there going like, yeah, 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 I know, I know I need to be reading it more. I know other things crowded out, and I've tried, and it's just it's tough, man. And you know I'm, I'm busy. I've got homework. I've got I've got stuff going on, and it's hard for me to sit down and focus. Maybe it's I don't have the time. You know, there's a whole lot of things that we can point to. So so let's let's set ourselves up for success. Okay, let's let's create. Let's set things in place to make it the most conducive for enjoying time in the Word of God. And we're going to look to the example of Christ to show us how to set that up, okay? Jesus sets the example for us here. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture that point to Jesus' example when it comes to spending personal private time with the Lord. Mark one thirty-five. it says, In rising very early in the morning, and you're like, oh no, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, not, yes. Yeah, we'll talk about this. And rising very early in the morning, while it's still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. What's not mentioned on the screen is what he was doing exactly before. He was spending all day healing people and teaching and there's crowds surrounding him. He was, he was stretched thin. And he, and he woke up the next morning before everyone, while everyone was still sleeping and he went off to a desolate place and he prayed. Mark, M- Matthew fourteen twenty three. After he had dismissed the crowds, what did he do? He went up on the mountain by himself To pray. One more passage, Luke 5, 15 through 16. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great clouds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to a desolate place, to desolate places and pray. It's incredible. I mean, there were demands on him, weren't there? I mean, crowds were coming. To him and in this passage it's saying, They're coming to hear him and to be healed, and there's times when these crowds were pressing in toward him and he'd actually withdraw himself and he'd go to a quiet place and he would pray. Yeah, Grant. By desolate, do you think it means like deserted? Or because like when I picture desolate, I'm picture like a desert, like barren, dead, yeah. I think that's that's the main idea. Um, in, I don't think it's emphasizing, you know, how dry or how you know yeah. rainy it was. It's, it's talking about it's it's desolate, it's deserted, I think would be a good a good word to think of. Tony. Do you think that and
1: maybe like looking too much into it, but you think that maybe word maybe there, to use P2 Wow. <laughs> to be as an example to show how you should remove yourself from distraction. I think so you should surround yourself with an
0: environment that won't distract. You. I think there's something to that, right? In other words, he didn't and when he wanted time to pray with his father, he didn't stay in the crowds and be like, "Guys, everyone, can you be quiet for a second? I'm going to pray. So can you just leave me alone?" No, he he withdrew himself, went to a desolate place. I think it does communicate he 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 removed himself and put himself in a spot where he could just focus on praying, right? And and talking to his father. Do you have something, David? So how does, what does Jesus do here to set this example of personal time with God, with that fellowship? Because that's, that's why we read our Bible, right? We don't just read our Bible to get our list of instructions for the day. We read our Bible so that we can have fellowship with our Creator. What is the Bible? It is God talking to us. It is God's voice, His word. And so we read the Bible, we pray to spend time with Him. What does Jesus do here to set the example for us? You know what this is right here? A Venn diagram, yeah, a Venn diagram, and uh, we're going to use this Venn diagram to show the three things that Jesus did in his personal time with the Word. So if you're taking notes, feel free to draw your own Venn diagram, okay? What's the first thing that he did? He made the time. He made the time. Mark 1 says rising up very early before the morning while it was still dark he departed and went out to a desolate place and prayed. So he organizes time to make time to spend time with his father. Yeah. He made the time literally and figured. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's the author of time and he also made time in his daily schedule to spend time with his father. Absolutely. So he made the time. He he was the busiest of anybody. But he knew, if I, don't, I need time with my father. And this is the perfect son of God saying this. The second thing he did was he he found a spot. He went off to a desolate place. He went up on a mountain. He went to a spot that he could focus. And the third thing that he did was he... He did, that's removing the distractions. He withdrew to himself, like like Tony was alluding to, that that he he removed himself from the crowd. He went off to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And, And I think this pattern just shows us that if you can have these three ingredients, you are setting yourself up for success when it comes to spending time in the Word of God. Now, sometimes this is a perfect world situation. When you, yeah, we don't have a perfect world. Sometimes, speaking from personal experience, your one-year-old wakes up way too early and, 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 and wants to sit on top of your Bible while you're trying to read it, right? So life happens. Sometimes you can't find a spot. Sometimes you're unable to make the time. Sometimes there's too many distractions. But this should be what we should seek to set up when at all possible for our time with the Word of God. Just as Jesus did. Um, in his personal time with his father. He made the time. He was so busy that he had to carve out extra time, even when people were still sleeping, to spend time alone with his father. He found a spot. He departed and went out to a desolate place. He went up by a mountain. We saw him remove distraction. He dismissed the crowds. Even when the crowds were gathering to hear him and be healed, he would sometimes withdraw himself and go pray. And this example, I think, shows us that developing a personal or devotional time requires three things. Intentionality, time, and focus. Intentionality, time, and focus. And you know what all these things are fueled by? Desire. You, if, you, if you are intentional about something, and you make the time for it, and you're focused in it, what does that mean? It means it's something you want. It's something that you crave. That you see... Your desperate need for, you know, maybe if you're like, man, I haven't had much success reading the Bible. Could it be for some of you, you're not intentional about this, right? You're not you're not picking a good spot. You're not making the time. You're not removing distractions. And, and I think all if that's the case, then, then there's unnecessary barriers in in your life that are that are hindering you from that fruitful, enjoyable time in the Word of God. So, set yourself up for success. And then, I would recommend and encourage you, as you read, keep your mind engaged. Isn't that a struggle sometimes when you're reading the Bible? To keep your mind engaged in what you're reading? I have no problem keeping my mind engaged with something else going on in my head. But it's really hard to keep my mind engaged with the words on the page in front of me. So, how do we do that? How do we keep our mind engaged? And And I say... Number one, really important, pray before you read. Pray before you read. What do you pray for? Here's a couple things you can pray for. Help me understand your word. What does the Bible say? That the Holy Spirit, one of His jobs, as we're learning on Sunday nights here at church, is to illuminate the Scripture to us. To to show us the significance. It doesn't mean that the words are gibberish until the Holy Spirit kind of unlocks the door and all of a sudden we understand the words. No, the words of God are understandable, but the Holy Spirit illuminates them. The Holy Spirit shows us the impact of it, the significance of it, the application of it, how important it is. And so help me understand your word. You can pray, Lord, help me to want your word. What are you saying when you pray that? Lord, sometimes I don't want your word. I need you. I'm a sinner. I I want other things. So, Lord, I pray that you would help me to want it. What else can you pray? Help me to enjoy your word. Give me a refreshing enjoyment of your word, Lord. Help me develop this habit to the point where it's something that I look forward to. This is is a refreshing part of my day. And, And... very importantly, help me to be changed by your word. You're not just reading. You're reading to be changed by what you read. And sometimes you are bringing to the word of God struggles in your own life or trials that you're going through or sins that, you, that, are, that, are, that, are, that you're, you're working through. And, and, and the word of God changes those things. Sometimes you're just learning truth that you might need tomorrow. Right? It doesn't impact your situation today, but you don't know what's tomorrow, and so God shows you truth through his word that you're really going to need tomorrow. Yes, sir? Yeah. Oops, sorry about that. That was a horrible throw. There we go. Whew, man, that was a lot of work for a pen. I apologize. So how do we keep our mind engaged? Well, you start off by being dependent. You, you, you need to ask for God's help. Because I think all of all of the reasons that keep us from the Word of God that are running through our head right now, well, I can't do it because of this, 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 and this. What does it all say? It, it, it says, man, I'm so dependent on, on Christ. I'm so dependent on this Holy Spirit in this. And so pray before you read. If the Word of God is intimidating to you, as you open its pages, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm going to understand it. Well, then pray. Pray. And then... I would encourage you to interact with your Bible. How do you interact with your Bible? couple ways that you can do this. And this is where I'm going to uh, give you my um, uninspired, unauthoritative recommendations. Okay? Um, and I've mentioned these before. These are things that I've, I've brought up before. But here's some things that have helped me. I'd encourage you to do this. Mark up your Bible. And it's for this reason, actually, that, that using a print Bible is helpful. Okay? I know you can do it on your phone, but there's also distractions on your phone, right? Right? There, ain't, there, isn't, uh, there isn't TikTok in this in this Bible, right? Or Instagram, or YouTube. Sorry, so, so a print Bible that you can mark up. This keeps it enjoyable while helping you process and understand what you're reading. One thing I've done is I'll even use, I'll use multiple colors to emphasize different themes, okay? One thing I did for a while was I'd have And again, I mentioned this before, I'd have a red, blue, green, and black pen. And whenever I came across a sin to avoid, a warning or something like that, I'd use red. Whenever I came across an attribute of God, something that God is doing, I'd use blue. Um, Whenever I found like an encouragement or a way to grow, I would use green. And then black was just for everything else, okay? Um, So it looks something like this, right? You'd have, you'd have underlines. You can even get a journaling Bible where you're writing things off on the side. And, and whenever you are, you categorize things in different colors so that you can um, process and enjoy what you are reading, okay? And, 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 and I'll say this, right? Sometimes I do that, sometimes I don't. That's okay. Like it's, it, I'm not saying these are what you must do to enjoy the Bible. I'm saying be intentional. Do what you have to do to make the most out of it. So I, I just, I'd recommend mark up your Bible. Second thing I'd recommend is keep a devotional journal. And, you know, guys, you're like, if you're like, diaries are for girls, I'm not going to keep a journal. Diaries are for girls, journals are for guys. Yeah, yeah. all right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I went to go get one, and literally the only one they had was a plain black one. I love plain black. Yeah, but it was like a dollar. Oh,
0: go to Target. They've got some good ones. Target? Yeah. 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 Moleskin. Moleskin. Okay. I've
1: always wanted one. Sure.
0: Yeah. That
1: the pages
0: are all like yellowed and everything. Yeah, there I'm we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm why why is it? <laughs> let me. <laughs> let me <laughs> why, why, why is keeping a devotional journal helpful? Can you guys think Why Why would you think it'd be helpful? Yes, Rachel. Your brain has low inventory. Mine too, right? So what does writing it down do? It helps your brain out a little bit. And it helps you process things. When you're going
1: through a time, you can look back at what you've
0: read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's keeping a record of what God's been teaching you in your life. And, and going back and looking at what God's taught you, especially if you've done that in the past, and right now you're in a stale point of your life where you're not reading the Bible, go back and read some of those journals. Go back to that time when, when, man, you were enjoying the Word of God. Yeah, it feels so bad. Oh, you're going to be horrible. Gonna be like, oh. And then you're going to start a new journal, get halfway through, forget it. about it, okay. and then I'm you're like, going you're you're to <laughs> go through a stale part in your life, remember yeah. it, look back at your old journal, and then you're like, well, I can't, I can't start in that old journal. Right. Exactly. i got to start in a new journal. In all honesty, yeah, if you're looking at my, you my office right now, full disclosure, <laughs> I have a stack of about... Six, seven, half-filled journals. Okay, because <laughs> you always have to start with a new one. just—it just helps a little bit. Okay, so, um, yeah. Any other reasons why why keeping a devotional journal might be helpful? What does it What does it help you do? Do you think? Helps you Oh, sorry. Go ahead. you keep track, what's happened. Okay. back and like, "Wow, yeah, I remember that." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Rachel? Uh, it keeps me, like, physically organized. Like, if I have it all written down, it just gives that part of my brain, like, okay, it's written down. I'm not going to forget it. I yeah. don't have to stress about it anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, for me, too, another thing is <clears throat> have you ever read a passage? Think, that was great. Good scripture. And if someone were to come to you say, what did it mean? <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. Or how do I apply it? How do you apply it? Uh, I don't know. This is a good passage. I enjoyed reading it. Right? What is what is what is writing something down? It really does push you toward understanding it. Because if you if you don't understand it, you're not really going to be able to write something about it. Um, if you're not, and it also helps you apply it, right? If you're forcing yourself to say, okay, what am I what am I going to do with this passage? What am I going to what am I going to how am I going to apply this? Write that down. It, it really pushes you to do that. Um, if you're creative, you can even draw illustrations in your journal about what you read. I found this one in one of my half-filled journals, okay? Um, about just what I was, I was going through, the, the, the parable of the talents, right? And, or not the talents, the, um, the servants that come a different part of the day, right? And they all get paid the same thing, right? And so, you know, lifelong disciple, thief on the cross they all get the same reward, right? And so I draw it out. To, I'm a visual guy. You know, I draw things on the board all the time. So, so that's one way you can, you can do what you need to do to keep your mind engaged with the text. And you know what happens? It actually becomes kind of fun. Did you know you can have fun reading the Bible? Really? No, it's supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be stale. No, it can be awesome. It can be it can be refreshing, it can be engaging, it should be. It should be and most importantly it should be life changing. That's what the scripture does. So, keep your mind engaged. And then Yes. Oh, I was just gonna say, even like not only just when you're reading, but even like after like a message,
1: mm-hmm. there would be times where we'd be in the car and we'd be commenting about something and you'd be like, Oh yeah, what what part did you find interesting? Mm-hmm. I was like well, I had an interesting thought, but I, and it, and it's like a, we just got out of the service. Yeah. Like not even 10 minutes later. Yep. And then it seems like, oh, we you
0: just not paying attention yep. during the message. It was like, well, no, I just Can't forgot about it. Yeah. It. So then just
1: looking back through it, that, like you were saying, if somebody were to ask you about it, yes. it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, but hold on, let me, you know, yep. check
0: yeah and it's and you learn something right that's the thing it's like i know i learned something in that message or i learned something in that text i really appreciate it i can't remember what it was it's just how our brains are just, we're not really, really sorry really brains you yeah exactly that's a great way of putting it nothing nothing emotionally affects you to your core or not everything i say nothing <laughs> huh, <laughs> sorry, really? I'm something So yeah. <laughs> okay or like you guys seen the movie inside out Yes. Right, the core memory, right? Those, those core memories that just lodge in your brain. Not every time in the Word of God becomes a core memory. Okay, sometimes things get forgotten. What does writing it down do? It, it just like Marissa said, I learned something. Man, what was it? Oh, I'll go back and look at it. Ah, oh, that's what I learned. Right? It's a, it's a great tool. Um, and so so this keeping your mind engaged. And one other reason, way that that writing something down is really helpful. What does God call us to do? It calls us to encourage each other, right? If you're able to write down just a sentence, something from from what you read, it's so much easier to share that with somebody else. And you're much more equipped to share it with somebody else, right? If you've thought through the process of writing down a sentence from what you read, then it's just as easy to to repeat that to somebody else, right? You're digesting, you're meditating on the Word of God. So keep your mind engaged. And then finally... Know what you're going to read. Don't do the whole, oh, it's time for me to read my Bible. Okay, Nehemiah 13, <laughs> that's what I'm reading today, He's you know. First words. <laughs> <laughs> On that day, they read in the book of Moses, in the hearing of the people. Wow. All right. Very solid hard. stuff right what are you doing when you do that number one you're reading it out of context right you're just plopping yourself into the middle of a story in the middle of a teaching you're not you're not familiarizing yourself with what came before or what after and so you're not understanding the meaning of the text and number two you're just i don't know you're just winging it you don't have much success in many things by winging it you need to be intentional by it uh, maybe that's news to some of you people <laughs> it is true okay yes david that like a random book to go through, would that work? Right, no, it wouldn't, right. Like if you just, any book, right, just floop, you're, you're oh, dropping wow. in the middle of the story. So you, no, you start at the beginning of the book and you just go through. The oh, I see, like a book of the Bible, you're saying. Yeah. Starting at the beginning of the Bible, start of, the book. The, of yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah, we'll actually talk about that. Like I think that's that, that could be a great thing to do. I'm going to start off with maybe a lot of ideas or approaches that, that you've heard before. These aren't new, but maybe they're worth mentioning, especially if you just don't really have a starting point. Um, here's some things you could try. You've heard of this one, right? Read a proverb a day for a month. Uh, there's 31 pro- chapters in the book of Proverbs. So if you read one proverb a day, that's one, that's one for every day of the month. Okay? <laughs> what about February? February. You, can, you can bleed into March. That's okay. All right? Um, another thing you can do, just read a psalm a day. No, 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 no calendar. Just start off small. A psalm a day. Can you do that? pretty easy. Psalm 119, yes.
1: No cheating. Read
0: the whole thing. Read the whole thing. No, you can, you can, you can, you can divide it up by sections. Um, Another thing you could do is um, if you were to talk, you know, if, if, if a new believer were to ask, where do I start in the, in scripture, right? A lot of people would recommend, well, the book of John's a great place to start, right? The book of John has 21 chapters in it. Well, why not try reading a chapter a day, in the book of John, there's 21 chapters. So that's if in a month, given month, that's basically the weekdays, Monday through Friday. You, see, you have the weekends or you have days where you forgot you slept in too late or whatever. Um, uh, then 21 chapters in the month. Okay. Um, let, let me share with you just one approach that uh, I'll just promote to you that might be helpful. Um, again, there's so many out there. Whether it's reading through the Bible in a year, or reading through the New Testament in a year, whatever the case may be. There's so many so many good reading plans out there that you can, it's just as easy as going online and looking up yearly reading plans. And, and there you go. Yeah?
1: My dad tasked me to do it in a month, the whole Bible. Woo! I can't remember any of it. <laughs> 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 I, I started, and i like halfway, no, more than halfway through the book of
0: Genesis, yeah. the first day. and then my mom put
1: it's not something that like be blazing
0: through, like yeah. something of reading Right, yeah. It's kinda of hard not to blaze through it if you're getting through the whole Bible in a month, right? It, it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So don't make that goal. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't start out with the whole Bible in a month. It is a, challenge. it is a challenge, yes. Yeah. It's definitely not the it's not the approach you'd want to do if your goal was to like do deep study in the Word of God. It's more like fly over, right? Yeah. I tried like paying attention to the words. Yeah. Well, that's better than I would do. <laughs> that's pretty good, but yeah, it's heavy. That'd, that'd be really tough. So, so don't, don't, definitely don't uh, go that route at least to start. Um, here's here's an interesting approach that I think is pretty cool. If, if uh, do this, pick a book of the month, and you're like, what? The Bible? No, a book in the Bible. Okay. Um, so, uh, I would suggest to start off with a New Testament epistle. It's an epistle, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Timothy, Titus, Philemon. right? All those. The New Testament minus the Gospels and Acts, okay? Um, and here's what you do you pick one and just read it as many times as you can in one month, okay? That's your book for this month. So let's say you pick Ephesians. Great book. Great book. Fantastic book. And you're like, all right, in the month of January, Ephesians is my book. It's my buddy. Okay, it's my best friend. I'm gonna me and Ephesians are gonna be like this. Okay, we are gonna be tight. We are gonna. I'm gonna know Ephesians so well, and I'm just gonna. If I finish it, I'll just start from the beginning and read it again. And 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 I that I can go slow through it. I can take a couple of verses and dig down. I can read the whole book in one day pretty easily. Go at whatever pace you want. You can, you can go fast for a couple days. You can slow down for a couple days. You can alternate back and forth. Whatever you do, all you're worrying about is, for this month, this is my book. Okay? And make it your goal to be an expert of that book by the end of the month. That, that book of the Bible is your best friend that month. And, and there's some really cool things that are going to happen as you do that. Without even trying, you're going to start seeing themes interwoven throughout the book. As you repeat it multiple times, you're like, oh man, I remember reading that at the end of the book, and now I'm seeing it at the beginning of the book. Wow, I'm seeing some links here, I'm seeing some common themes. And, and you're gonna see things just by repetition that you haven't seen before. And and things that things that that, that deepen its significance and, and you'll know it. And you might even end up naturally without even trying, having some of it even memorized. Who knows? Well, you're okay, well, which book? Which book of the New Testament? Well, here's just some And I'll leave this up here. Don't feel like you have to write this all down right now. You can take a picture of it if you want to. Um, But, uh, you know, just some of the New Testament books. This isn't all of them. This is some of them, right? So let's say you want to know the gospel well and see it impact your life. If you really want to know the gospel well, go to Romans, Galatians. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians and Colossians are Sister books, some similar themes there, and uh, they, they, they're divided in half. They have like a doctrine side, and they have a practicality side. Romans does too. Romans 1 through 11, heavy doctrine, 12 through 16, um, practical application. Do you want to know how belief affects your behavior in the church and how sin can hurt things, First and Second Corinthians? Do you want to know the key to joy? Listen to Paul's testimony in the book of Philippians. Do you want to see Jesus' greatness as we're doing on Sundays? Read the book of Hebrews. What about endurance and suffering? Turn to the book of 1 Peter. If you want to know how to defend against false teaching? Go to 2 Peter. If you want assurance of your salvation? Go to 1 John. If you want to see God's sovereign plan for all history, you can even go to Revelation. It's like an exciting book. Um, so God's word is packed full of truth. It's packed full of gospel. It's packed full of food that you need for your soul. And if, and if you, you know, we did that exercise at the beginning and you're like, oh man, I, I don't really read that much of the Bible at all. Okay. What you got going on tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What you think you could, you think you could look at your schedule tomorrow and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set myself up for, su- for success. And what are those three things? I'm going to pick a time, make the time. Find a place, remove distractions. All right, and then I'm going to be, um, I'm going to engage. I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to ask God's help, and I'm going to engage my mind. Whether it's marking up my Bible or, or having a, a journal, I'm going to maybe even run out tomorrow and get a journal to start in. Whatever you want to do, and you and you and you, and you start writing and, and and reading and digging into the Word of God. You pick a book of the Bible. New Testament epistle and just start reading through that. Maybe you, maybe you want to start now or maybe you're aiming for January and you want January 1st to be your first day where you're reading through that book of the Bible and repeating it until the end. Whatever you want to do. But, but start as soon as you can. Because the Bible is, 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 is life. You don't realize what you're missing until you actually get into it. And yeah, it's going to take some time to form the habit. And it's not like I'm saying that tomorrow morning you sit down and you open your Bible and all of a sudden just light rays just go, and, and just angels sing from the clouds and, and the words literally just pop off of the page and enter your mind and soul. No, that's not what I'm saying. You might go a few days and be like, uh, i not getting it. I'm not, it's not that exciting. Just stick with it. Stick with it. And sometimes you have to you know, fake it till you make it, right? You gotta, you gotta push through and you have to keep the habit. If you're convinced this is worth it, have you ever been, have you ever, have you ever been going about an exercise or a discipline that you know is worth it? So it pushes you through those times when you don't want to do it or it's not that exciting. The only thing keeping you moving forward is you know it's worth it. It's the same thing with scripture. If you go through dry periods of time where you're just not in it, do you know it's worth it? And if so, stick with it. Any thoughts, questions, comments? Marissa?
1: Um, well, I was just going to say, even, I had a, I don't know if it was a journal or a planner. It was, it was one that it was like a several months one. Mm-hmm. And even at the beginning, it had a section that said about like goals. And I think they gave like an example, like if you're trying to lose weight or something like that, you're not going to just, know keep saying like oh yeah you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. but it's the choice of i think like in the in the journal saying like you know it's not just like oh yeah well i'll just you know do this or that it's the are you gonna have ice cream or south it's mm-hmm. those the point was that it being like the daily choice yes the specific things like yes yeah that it's not just you know oh yeah i'm gonna you know by this date or whatever i'm gonna do something yeah but that it's like, what are you doing before that? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, right. And mm-hmm. even um, a different example that it was just looking at as far as like what to go through. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes, um, I know, I think I, when we went to team camp before they had at like the wilds or just mm-hmm. even on any of these like Christian um, places or websites, I suppose if you get it online, mm-hmm. they would have these, they're, they're like a thicker like pamphlet type mm-hmm. book but it would be these, like, six-week studies Mm -hmm. of either a book of the Bible or, Mm -hmm. like, a person, Mm -hmm. and it would have it where it was, like, each day, you know, so it helps as far as, you know, going through that, and a lot of the times I remember liking going through those because it wasn't just, you know, like you said, to get engaged in what you're reading, but that it would say, like, oh, you know, what was, like, doing what about Mm Dan? It was, like, what was the important, you know, Fact in this verse about the people that were chosen. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like, oh, you know, just it helps you know what to look for. See, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know, yeah. If you don't know what to look for, then it gives you like a jump start mm-hmm. as far as you know, just even questions to think about. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah. It, it's 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 kind of like if you were to say like I don't know I don't know how to read my Bible. It's like someone's sitting down with you. With the book and be like, okay, let's go through it together. And they're asking you the questions to answer and all that. It's kind of like what those little booklets are. And if that's ever something you're interested in, like, yeah, I want one of those. Right, come talk to me. I can I can show you where to go. Um, well, the wise the wilds have has some good ones. Six week studies. What were you well, going to say? John
1: MacArthur has one for every book in the New Testament. Well, there we go. And they're just little studies. They're like five bucks. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anything else? Yeah, Tony.
1: Approach the Bible not only your time with it with intentionality, but your study in it with intentionality. Be I need to get something out of this, and if I don't get something new out of this, let me be reassured of what
0: I already know. Yeah, that's a great way because that's true. You're not going to be getting something new. Hopefully, you're not going to get something new every time you you know you're reading the same verse because exactly. it means what it means. It's not going to change its meaning. Yeah. So it's, sometimes it is reassuring what you already know. It's reminding you of truth, right? Because we forget. We forget a lot. Yeah, Luke.
1: Uh, what has really helped me is um, giving commentaries about mm-hmm. what's t- being talked about in the Bible. Um, because you might not know the historical context of why something is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, talk to other You're learning, you know, um, whole scripture with scripture, mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, and, uh, and that will help grow. grow. Yeah, and I, you know w- what Luke just said. Let's say you do the, um, you pick a New Testament book to read through next month. Okay, what if you you grab one of your friends, close friends, and you decided together what if we both read through the same book, right? We both go through the same book and once a week or, or wherever we could, we could text each other, whatever. And, um, or once a week, let's say I don't know, Sunday or whatever, we'll just meet up or call or text and just talk about what we've been learning in that book. Because you're both reading the same thing. And you're both enjoying the same food, so to speak. And so you get, to, you get to talk about it. It's a great accountability, too. So yeah, talk about it. And in a, building off what, what, what Luke said, too, right? Um, another great resource is um, there's great study Bibles out there, too, that uh, before every book has, like, Here's the historical context. Here's the themes in the book. Here's who he was writing to and why he was writing the book. The situation that prompted this letter. Um, and then with each verse, there's like commentary about this is what it means. And here's some helpful cross-references. And it really helps you. That's what helped me a huge, like a, just a ton um, in my devotions is whenever I didn't understand a verse, I'm like, well, what does the commentary say below it? And it really helped um, guide that. So there's really awesome study Bibles you can get. Again, if you have rec- if you want recommendations for that, you can come talk to me, and, and I can point you in some, in some good. Jer- I have some study Bibles in my office. If you wanted to borrow, right? There's just a lot of we're, we're, we are not starving for resources and, and opportunity to to know God's word. Rachel, um, how you that's a, that's a, yeah. I was actually going to mention that. Thank you. Um, one thing you want to make sure you do as you read the the Bible is make sure you can understand it. Okay. Um, and and so if that's if that's King James for you, if you can understand the King James fine, that's that's good. If you read the King James and you're like, I don't know what this is saying. What a superfluity of naughtiness. Okay. Um, <laughs> right? if, if if that's if that's if that's tough for you, okay, um, here, are the, here are the English versions that I would recommend that you could pick from. There's some ones you probably don't want to do. Like I probably wouldn't say don't do your devotions out of the Message Bible. It's a, it's a paraphrase. It's not a, a translation. Okay? Don't pick up the word on the street Bible. Um, it's, it's funny to read, but it's not a translation. Um, so I think the good ones that i pick from, um, this is an ESV. I read from the ESV. Um, the CSB is a, a little bit newer one. That's a, that's a solid translation. Um, NASB is a good one, and uh, the NIV are the, so those. What is that four? ESV, CSB, NIV, NASB are are, are all uh, good English New King James. Yeah, yeah. New King James really is just it's it's the King James without with the these and thous taken out of right. So it, um, if if the old English is is really um, difficult and. But you know but apart from that it's it's understandable, then New King James is a good option too. Yeah. I like
1: the ESV and NLT.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, those are good ones.
1: Don't
0: they have a Gen Z translation? They do. Oh, no. Yes, they do. They do have a Gen Z. Don't start that again. Well the funny thing is it was actually created as a joke. Yeah. And people were like, This is awesome. Who made this? And they was like, It was a joke, guys, don't take it seriously. Yeah, so don't do the Gen Z Bible. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It was bad. Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, we're late. Sorry, guys. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given us your word, and uh, we have so many resources at our fingertips. I pray that you would help everyone here. So even look at this next new year, that we would be students of your word, that we dig down into it, um, and that we would grow through it. In Jesus' name, Amen.